Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today's guest is Steve Curtis, who's the CEO of Caledonia Mining, who are a profitable cash-generated gold producer with a strong growth profile, with primary asset being their blanket mine in Zimbabwe. Um, They are listed on both the New York and London stock exchanges with the symbol CMCL. Um, Steve's an accountant by background with over 30 years experience and has been in mining for over 15 of those years um, and has been head of the company since 2014. So he's on the podcast today to give us an overview of Caledonia Mining and what exciting things they've been up to and what the future holds for them. So that's welcome, Steve, to the podcast. How are you doing, Steve? Very good. Thank you, Rob. Nice to talk to you. And yourself. Um, So wondered if you can give our audience uh, a little bit of background about yourself, um, obviously um, prior to coming into mining um, and what you have been doing in the mining industry. So uh, I suppose a, a bit of a snapshot of your career. Sure, sure. Um, Rob, as you, as you correctly say, I've, I've been in mining for, for 15 odd years and all of that time is, has been with Caledonia Mining. Um, I'm, I'm an accountant by profession and um, joined Caledonia Mining in 2006 as the CFO, uh, just at the time that Caledonia had secured the deal to buy the blanket mine. Um, prior to that, I was a uh, finance director for a company called Avery Dennison, which was in the paper industry, specialized paper industry. Um, and uh, I spent uh, spent three or four years doing that uh, because the the company that I was managing director of prior to that was in a similar industry, uh, and that was a, a family German family business that was uh, bought out by Avery Dennison, which which is the the largest uh, player in that in that sector. So I've been in um, I've been in the the space of finance my my whole career, and um, it was it was very interesting to make a big step change out of sort of manufacturing into mining, which is very very different. Um, but I joined I joined uh, Caledonia, which was a very exciting business at that point, and um, it was really just doing exploration. Uh, and it had uh, it had it had no successful operating assets, and uh, the blanket mine had always been a successful operating asset, and I was I was quite keen to to have a complete sort of career change, so I joined the mining sector. Um, I was also interested to to uh, you know to learn that the the blanket mine was in Zimbabwe, and I was born in Zimbabwe, educated in Zimbabwe. And uh, and then did my tertiary education uh, in Cape Town in South Africa. So Zimbabwe has always had a, a very soft spot for me. And when I had the opportunity to to embark on a new career in an area that uh, in a country that I knew well, um, 
uh, that was very exciting. Um, and uh, it was, uh, I've been very happy with the move. It's been a great operation. I've loved working in Zimbabwe with the Zimbabweans. And um, so spent from 2006 to 2014 as CFO. And then in 2014, I took over as CEO. And um, yeah, I've been doing that now for seven years and uh, been through a very exciting time with Caledonia in Zim through hyperinflation, through uh, finishing off some good work that Kinross Mine had, uh, had started. And then most recently over the next, um, uh, over the last sort of six years, the big project that we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about later, which is the central shaft. And um, it's, been, it's been a fantastic journey. And um, what's most important is Caledonia is, 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 an, is an interesting business that has been able to attract some very, very good people. So I'm not a miner. I don't pretend to be a miner. But we have got world-class miners who, who uh, do the technical end of our business. Um, and that, that has made me comfortable as a non-miner to, uh, to be able to, to work in this environment. And the training as an accountant um, uh, has, has stood me in very good stead because Zimbabwe, for, for all its uh, recent past, has had a, has had a topsy-turvy um, time with currencies, uh, inflation, uh, lack of foreign currency, and you know we've we've had to run the business uh, really uh, on the basis of cash. And um, you know, I've I've always said cash flow statement is the most meaningful statement that uh, that we we produce as accountants, and uh, that's proven. And uh, as we talk about the project, you'll see that cash has enabled us to to actually complete a very very big and uh, successful project. Yeah, so I've had a varied career, um, uh, loving what I'm doing at the moment, enjoying being in the gold space. It's an exciting time in the gold space and uh, still enjoying working in Zimbabwe, despite the fact that it is difficult, but uh, very exciting times with Caledonia. Yes, certainly. Um, wondered if you can give our audience an overview of Caledonia Mining, um, just so uh, we understand a little bit more about the company. Um, and then obviously we can go on and speak about the projects. Right. Um, Caledonia Mining Corporation is a Jersey registered company, Jersey Channel Islands. Um, and uh, the reason we registered there is uh, it's very beneficial to shareholders from a dividend paying perspective. Um, uh, people who've known us for some time will remember us as a Canadian company. Um, but we, we migrated from Canada to Jersey because a portion of our, tax, uh, of our dividend receivers, our shareholders, um, had some rather disadvantageous um, uh, tax consequences because we were paying a dividend from a Canadian company. So we moved across to Jersey. Uh, so we have a small office in, in Jersey. CFO is based there uh, with our general counsel. And um, then we've got the operational office in Johannesburg, which has got the technical people, the accounting people, and the procurement people. It's a small office, only 12 to 14 people there. Um, and then we have got uh, a couple of uh, senior people, business development, and our investor relations people in London. 
because as you rightly say, we listed on the A market and that uh, that was the first listing we had. Uh, more more recently, we you know we moved across to the NYSE, which has become our, our dominant market. So we've got a presence in Jersey, in London, in South Africa, and then of course the, the operation in uh, just outside of a little town called Gwanda in Zimbabwe, about 150K south of Bulawayo, which is the second largest city, um, and about 190 kilometers north of the border with South Africa on the main tarred road thoroughfare between South Africa through Gwanda up to, to Bulawayo and then up to Harare. So, so that's who we are. We've only got the one operating asset at the moment, and that's the, the blanket mine. Uh, through, through the history of Caledonia, we've owned numerous other projects and properties. Um, those We transitioned out of those where they were not very successful mining operations, not, uh, not great exploration projects, and we trimmed ourselves down when we got the blanket mine, and we focused and dedicated ourselves to, to making the blanket mine a very successful operation, which I think we can proudly say we've done. Um, more recently, December of last year, we announced that we have uh, acquired options over two exploration properties in Zimbabwe. Um, we firmly believe that Zimbabwe is one of the last gold frontiers in a, in a very uh, amenable part of the world, although it's got a, a number of economic problems from a, from a geological perspective, it's a, it's a great location. Um, and we've always said that once we finished the central shaft and we started to ramp up production, we needed to increase our portfolio. And uh, so that's what we're doing. We weren't looking to buy large operations already in existence because uh, more often than not, for a business like ours, that could be, that could be too much to bite off. Um, we've got we've got money in the treasury, but it's it's we often consider it prudent to spend the money building something new rather than spending the money fixing what maybe somebody else hasn't done quite how we would have liked to have done it. So we're looking at these brownfield operations. We're doing some exploration on them at the moment, and we'll make a decision in the next uh, six to nine months as to whether we want to exercise the options. And, uh, and then embark on more extensive evaluation to see if we can develop a, another mining operation and diversify away from just being a single asset gold producer in Zimbabwe. Our focus is to stay in gold. So we're not looking at, uh, at, at other um, minerals or, or, or base metals or anything like that. We want to stay in gold. And um, you know we want to get we want to get over the 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 hurdles, and the first hurdle will be the hundred thousand ounces a year, um, so that you you attract a different class of investor. You can you can get on the radar of of different people, um, and then and then hopefully you know be able to bring uh, you know the 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 next blanket online and build that up, and you know slowly increase the portfolio and become a producer of hopefully a couple of hundred thousand ounces a year and uh, and do that successfully in a country like uh, Zimbabwe, which which for us has got a great labor force, which is dying out for employment opportunity, 
um, and it has got uh, it has got an environment that needs needs miners, needs exporters, and we have found it we have found it a, an amenable environment. Although on a day to day basis it can be very challenging, but investors are welcomed. Uh, you need to know what you're doing. So we want to build a bigger a bigger portfolio of assets. Uh, we have announced recently that if we don't find really what we're looking for in Zimbabwe, we're happy to look elsewhere as well. Um, what we're trying to illustrate is we're determined to be a, a larger gold producer. And Caledonia has been a dividend payer to its shareholders since about 2014. Um, and that's important to us. Uh, it's important for us to, to return cash to, to shareholders. The Blanket Mine is a very cash generator, very successful operation. And, um, you know, shareholders have been patient while we did the shaft expansion uh, for the last six years. And uh, our intention has always been to reward shareholders with a, with a good dividend stream. And uh, we've done that successfully over the last... Uh, last five quarters. We've been paying since 2014, but over the last five quarters, we've increased our dividend by one cent uh, per share each quarter. Um, so from a, from a stable position uh, that ended in sort of 2019, October 2019, uh, to where we are today, we've increased our dividend by about 75%. And our intention is to continue to stay on people's radars by being a good dividend payer. Yeah. Um, before we speak about uh, mining in Zimbabwe, um, obviously, I want to focus on uh, your project. So the Central Shaft, obviously, it's been a, a big infrastructure project for the company. Um, now it's an operational. Um, what benefits has this brought to the to the miner and to the company? Well, what it's going to do uh, is is really transformational. First, first thing, it uh, enables us to access mineralized ore bodies below the the lowest level that we we had access to before. We could mine down to seven hundred and fifty meters uh, with the previous infrastructure. This new shaft goes down to twelve hundred meters. Um, the old shaft was the only shaft. So we had a single shaft operation, and that was for um, uh, materials, ore, and it was a, a, a very much smaller um, shaft with smaller capacity than what the new, the new central shaft is going to do. From a physical location point of view, the old shaft was, was sort of right on the sort of the northern extreme. Uh, the new central shaft, just by its name, is is centrally located in 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 the in the strike length. We we mine five or six uh, dis distinctive ore bodies across about a three kilometer strike length, um, near vertical ore bodies, and um, we are now positioned with the central shaft, kind of in the middle of that three kilometer um, range. So we can we can mine uh, to the north and to the south. Uh, we're going to add three more uh, development levels, uh, going from 750 meters downwards. Um, and the intention is probably 
in a number of years and probably five years plus to consider add, adding a fourth level, but accessing that via declines, not, not extending the shaft. So the shaft has got much more capacity uh, from a hoisting point of view than, uh, than the old shaft. It, has, it is a four compartment shaft, so it can take uh, men, materials, and or, and then, then a ballast weight. Um, just for example, you know, the, the old method of, of lowering the men down into the mine, uh, we had a double cage system that, that took 14 men at a time, and uh, that, that lowered them down to a certain level. They had to get out, and then they had to transit across to, a, to another area and then lower themselves further. And as I said, that was in the extreme north. If they were working on the other side of the mine, they then had to travel three kilometers on foot with their equipment to get there. And, you know, that journey could take a miner two hours to get from being at the, at the shaft head down to his working space, two hours to get into it. Now, the, the new shaft, we, we've got a double cage system there as well, but we will, we will lower 80 men at a time into the mine. So the efficiencies are going to be dramatic and they're going to be, they're going to be halfway to their working faces on a, on a single pass right down to, to where they need to be into the guts of the mine. So there are many, many benefits from, from being able to, to have this new shaft working. We can also use this much bigger shaft at six meter diameter to put bigger pieces of machinery down into, into the mine. And Donna Roots, who is our COO, has introduced uh, quite a lot of um, trackless equipment. Um, and we've got, uh, we've got uh, LHDs, loading systems there, dump trucks, uh, drill rigs and all of that, all of that sort of stuff, which has got to get into the mine. We were, it was, it was very difficult through the old foreshaft. The new shaft is going to make it much more difficult and efficient to, to get pieces of equipment down into the, into the shaft. So it's, it really is transformational. We will have, we'll have a situation where the shaft's capacity, which will be over 3000 tons a day, is matching now the CIL capacity, which is about three and a half thousand tons a day. And that was built during Kinross's time. And we've just added a new mill into the crushing and the milling section that, that brings those tonnages up to about 2,200, 2,300 tons a day. So if there's anywhere we need a little bit more capacity, it's in the milling section, but you can add mills easily. And it's it's inexpensive, um, and then we're going to have a very nicely balanced operation from a hoisting to a crushing and milling perspective to a CIL perspective uh, that can do three thousand tons a day. Now our target for twenty twenty two is eighty thousand ounces a day. Our our achieved for 2020 was about 58,000 ounces. This year, our guidance is 61 to 67,000 ounces. And then 2022 is 80,000 ounces. And at current mine planning rates, um, 80,000 ounces is looking just sort of north of 2,300 tons a day. And as I've said, we've got capacity for 3,000 tons a day. So We've put the infrastructure in to see Blanket Mine 
well into the future. And um, for those who don't know, Blanket, Blanket has been mining gold for 110 years. And, um, you know, we are very confident that as we, as we go deeper, um, Blanket will be mining gold for, for many, many years to come. And the infrastructure we've put in place is going to, is going to last, last this operation very well for, for decades to come. So it's a very important project for us. Yeah. Um, obviously, you mentioned you've increased the sort of mineral resource and uh, mineral reserves at Blanket Mine. Um, is this something we can expect to see more of uh, in the future um, and obviously new levels at, at the, the mine? Yes, absolutely. Um, I already said that the, the mineralized ore bodies that we mine are, are near vertical. And to, to explore those successfully, you've got to get down to depth. And then you've got to be able to create drill cubbies uh, by doing some development work and then drilling back into the ore bodies to, to get decent intersections. Now, the, the central shaft does two things for us. It, it, it gets us deeper. So, so we can get down below the 750 meter level and we can, we can position ourselves for exploration. The other thing it does is it, it brings along more capacity. And one of the biggest constraints that we had on what is our foreshaft, which was the only operational shaft we had, it had a defined capacity of hoisting. And that hoisting had to cater for development waste um, uh, be run of mine waste and mineralized ore. So you had to have a very fine balance. And what we suffered with really over the last sort of 12 to 18 months is that we, we had to sacrifice some of the development work, ex exploration development work, creating the cubbies, because we just hadn't had the capacity on the shaft to bring all that waste rock out of the mine. So we, our exploration programs have been slower. Now that we're deeper and we've got both shafts running, uh, we have got all the capacity we need to move material out of the mine, both ore and development waste and exploration waste. So yes, we, we are now getting back into the swing of uh, planning out a deep level exploration program. Uh, so that we can improve our confidence and our knowledge about the ore bodies that are deeper and lower in the mine that will be accessed by those new three levels. Um, so yes, uh, exploration is, is a slowish process, but we will be able to, to now have no, no limitation as to what we can work on. And um, and, uh, and then obviously the results of that will result in new reserve and resource statements, uh, which at the moment we've got, uh, we've got a life of mine taking us out to about 2034. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we are going to be depleting that at 80,000 ounces a year. And our exploration program needs to replace that and or um, even add to it. So, yeah, we, 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 we're excited about the fact we can get back into the swing of doing more exploration and uh, securing the future of the mine with more reserve and resource information. Yeah, certainly. Um, you're going to be moving to renewable energy sources and you've commissioned a solar project 
that will support the power delivered to the mine. Um, how is this project progressing? Um, and are there any changes you're making for a more sustainable operation? Solar is, solar is absolutely the right thing for us to be doing from, a, from an environmentally conscious and a sustainability point of view. It also, it also is very necessary in the Southern African region, which, which is generally short of power. So that is Zimbabwe, it's Zambia, it's South Africa. We are all, we are all power constrained. So we wanted to become more independent uh, of national grids. And this is, this, is, uh, this is more of a strategic project than it is a, a cost-saving project but very important from a strategic point of view. So at the moment, Blanket has got grid power supplied by the, the Zimbabwe Electricity uh, Supply Agency. But, and we've also got 18 megawatts of diesel generator power. Now, that's, that works very well for us, and it's been, it's been a lifesaver quite often. But burning diesel to generate 18 megawatts of power, you can imagine what that is. That's, um, that's not really what we want to do. It's, it's expensive from a procurement perspective for the diesel, and it's not, it's not, as, it's not environmentally friendly. So, so we, will, we will put in the 12 megawatt solar farm, um, and that is, uh, that is a project that is uh, going full steam ahead at the moment probably destined to be operational round about March, April of next year. Um, we have, we've appointed an EPC contractor, a company called Voltalia, and uh, they are, they are in, in full motion in um, you know, purchasing the long lead time items. And um, I can tell you, you know, uh, the, the pandemic and the shutdown of various industries has has made it quite a challenge to get the the necessary solar panels and to get them into a place like Zimbabwe. But uh, we've 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 procured, uh, we've signed the the supply agreements, so we're secure. We're going to get what we need. Um, there'll be some shipping uh, logistic delays to to which is part of the plan. Um, and and we will then be going full steam ahead and uh, commissioning this this project. Now, 12 megawatts is, is not, it provides the base load for, for the, the mining business. And at this stage, we're not going for any storage capacity. So it's, it's 12 megawatts during daylight hours. Um, the economics for us at this point in time made uh, battery storage too expensive. So, so we go for 12 megawatts because we know we can consume all of that 12 megawatts during daylight hours. We have got the option, obviously, to, to increase the capacity of the solar farm um, uh, up to sort of match the, the diesel generator, which would be 18 megawatts. And then we will have to, to work out how we store the, the excess that will be generated when, when we're not running at peak demand. Um, and there are mechanisms to do that in Zimbabwe. So we are very confident that we'll be able to do that. But we just want to bed down the, the core of the, of the solar project. Then we can go and talk to people about uh, we're a genuine producer of solar power. And we, you know, we want to expand, but we need to sign some sort of a, a banking arrangement where we can, we can store 
some of the excess power that we generate. So that's that's exciting for us. We're very excited about our our solar project, and we're getting we're getting enormous support from the authorities in Zimbabwe. You know, they're very keen for us to to develop a project like this. Because as I said, Zimbabwe is short of power, South Africa is short of power. So anybody who can become more self-sufficient is, is getting assistance. We're getting assistance in, in terms of um, preferential duty structures to bring the equipment into Zimbabwe. Uh, we're getting all the necessary licenses we need. So, you know, it's a very pragmatic approach taken by the authorities. And um, you, you will have seen that South Africa has also recognized the fact that they need to they need to get into partnerships with producers to to produce alternative power sources, not just uh, coal-fired power stations. So Southern Africa is waking up to this uh, green energy wave, and we're excited to be part of that at the forefront. And we'll continue to to look at opportunities to um, optimize our business, uh, be more and more environmentally friendly. We're very focused on the ESG uh, aspects of, of running a mine. Uh, we're very cognizant of our responsibilities to communities and, um, and, and our, our stakeholders, including our staff, who, um, who are an important asset. And, uh, you know, they, the blanket staff are actually 10% shareholders in the blanket mine through their own trust. Uh, the local community is a ten percent shareholder in the in the blanket uh, the blanket mine, and uh, the government sovereign wealth fund is a sixteen percent shareholder. So we recognise the responsibility towards the communities and the environment in which we operate um, by being by being a um, a very serious player. Uh, in in communities uh, and working hand in glove with uh, with everyone who makes our business successful. So yeah, we very we very ESG focused. We very focused on the solar farm, and um, we we want to apply best best standards to to the blanket operation. Yeah, exciting stuff. Um, I wondered if you can give us an overview of mining in Zimbabwe. Um, obviously, you've mentioned there's probably been a lot of political, economic um, issues over the numerous years. Um, I wonder if you can just tell us what it is like uh, mining in Zimbabwe now. Also, you mentioned at the beginning in, in the introduction about um, hyperinflation. Um, how did the, and also, how did the company navigate its way through that? Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to give us an overview of, of mining in Zimbabwe. Yeah. Hyperinflation was a, was a big issue in really prior to 2009. Um, the fact I'm sitting here talking to you shows that we managed to navigate our way through hyperinflation. Um, an industry like ours, which, which produces an internationally accepted product and gets paid in proper currency, can manage its way through those difficulties. It's always been a bigger issue for our staff because they live in a hyperinflation, had lived in a hyperinflationary environment. Caledonia was kind of insulated because we, we produced gold, we sold gold for dollars, and those dollars, uh, as, as the inflation was running away with itself, just became more and more and more valuable. So 
we don't need to delve much into hyperinflation. It was a period in time. We, we, we weathered the storm and blanket because of its quality uh, came out on the right side of that. The, the economy has struggled to recover from hyperinflation and it, and it destroyed a lot of confidence and it destroyed a lot of businesses, manufacturing businesses. Um, the government is very, very supportive of, of getting industries back up and running. The agricultural sector is so important to, to Zimbabwe and, uh, and it's, it's suffered from a number of years of droughts Luckily, the last year was a was a fantastic rainy season. So, so food production has been at record levels. Tobacco production has been at record levels. So that's good for the economy. It provides jobs and it provides good income streams. Um, so the environment is, has been has been very hard hit by hyperinflation, by a lack of confidence, and then and then COVID came along. And you know that battered an already um, uh, struggling economy. The important thing from a mining perspective is we're, we're 100% exporters, so we generate a large proportion of the nation's foreign currency reserves are, are generated by the mining sector, and the the country needs miners to do better, and the the country can only have miners doing better if there is investment by the mining community. And that's been one of the biggest stumbling blocks that we all know Zimbabwe is very prospective, but it hasn't been classified as, as a primary investment environment because of things like a lack of foreign currency. So people get nervous about Putting a dollar into an environment when that dollar is 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 going to be consumed in many many ways just because there aren't enough dollar exporters. So so we get an enormous amount of support to to invest in our business, and that's why we invested over a five six year period. We invested nearly seventy million dollars in this new shaft. To uh, to be able to increase productive capacity, and therefore generate more dollar revenue, and we got all the support we needed. And the beauty of it was that the seventy million dollars that we invested was all generated by the blanket mine, because investment dollars really weren't available for for the for the Zimbabwe sector from outside of the country. Excuse me, but because we were self-funding, we could embark on on a well thought out investment strategy, and we could execute using our own money and uh, with the help of the government and the authorities, with the the necessary permissions and whatever, we were able to complete this project. Now, people, there are many people who would like to do projects, but if they haven't got the wherewithal in the country they are still finding it very difficult to raise funding from outside. Now, that's one of the biggest things that the government will need to attend to, to, to make investors comfortable and confident that investing a dollar in Zimbabwe will, will attract a certain risk rating, and therefore there has to be a certain return. And uh, once, once those, those parameters balance each other out, I think Zimbabwe will, will attract 
um, some some investment flows which will reap very good benefits for for the country. So it is a tough environment, um, but there's a very good labor labor component, very good labor component in Zimbabwe. One of the better educated um, uh, nations in Southern Africa. So you've got a great work ethic. You've got, unfortunately, a very high unemployment rate in the official channels. So you've got you've got lots of good people looking for jobs. So you've got very good uh, loyalty and very low staff turnovers. Um, and um, it's it it is a good place to to do business. It is not far from South Africa, and it can tap into the supply systems and the logistic systems of South Africa. So that, uh, uh, as I said, we're 190 k's north of the the border between South Africa and Zimbabwe, and we truck an enormous amount of material and consumables up to Blanket to to feed the Blanket mine, and that that all works very well because the infrastructure in Zimbabwe still works. The roads are good, um, the the bridge networks are fine, so you know all of that does support an industry. But the, the, there are there are some policies that are considered not particularly uh, investor friendly. There is a dire shortage of foreign currency. Um, so so the the dollar generated by us has got to work very very hard to be able to supply the other imported necessities like pharmaceuticals, um, which which have to be imported. And the pharmaceutical uh, distributor in Zimbabwe, he's selling them locally. So he needs dollars to buy his, uh, his supplies to sell locally, but he doesn't generate any more dollars to go and buy the next batch. So those are, those are the challenges. Again, gold mining and platinum mining and crow mining, we are, we are able to, to run our businesses because we produce and we sell internationally. Uh, and we get paid international prices, um, but there's still a shortage of currency, and we 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 have to sell our part of our currency that we we generate. We have to sell back to the government because they need it. They need it to run the rest of the economy. And if you don't understand it, that can be very scary for outside investors. So those are the challenges Zimbabwe suffers from. And those are some of the challenges that we suffer from. You know, we would we would prefer, to be honest, a fully dollarized free market system. But at this stage in the cycle of Zimbabwe, that's not possible. So we we work with the rules that are put in front of us, and we can work with them. So it's tough, but it's, it's very doable. Yeah. Um, obviously, you mentioned about some of the exploration work that you're doing. Um, I wonder if you can give us uh, an update on those exploration options that you've uh, that you've acquired. Yeah, sure. There, there are two at the moment that we that we signed up in December of last year. The first one is called Glen Hume. They are both pretty much in the middle of the country, as the crow flies maybe sixty k's away from each other, um, in in the sort of the the, the Gweru area of Zimbabwe on the on the Greenstone Belt. So it's uh, it's gold. Gold Territory, Brownfields Operations. Um, the Glenhume operation is more advanced from an exploration perspective than the other one, which is which is called Connemara North. Um, 
so we are drilling at Glen Hume, uh, and uh, as and when we we get uh, results, we will announce those to the market. We haven't announced anything yet because the project the project had a had a slower startup than we would have liked. We had an exceptional rainy season, and that that made get, getting drill rigs into the right places virtually impossible. Um, but we are we're in we're in full swing now. So Glen Hume is progressing. That project, um, we need to make a decision about exercising the option sort of in Q1 of next year. So we, we will be getting to the end of the exploration program in the next couple of months. We will then be doing the evaluation of what it's telling us. And if, if there is something of, of a size that, uh, that, we are, that we are excited about, we'll exercise the option. Which would then take, a, which would cost us then two and a half million dollars, and we would be the hundred percent owner of that property, and we could then embark on on the the concept of building a a new project, and that would be an open cast mine, not an underground mine like Blanket is. So it'd be an open cast operation. The other project, which is Connemara North, uh, again in the in the similar sort of geographic area. We are at. We are still in the, the phase of building the geological model based on the information that uh, we have at hand. And once we have developed that geological model, and that that's from learnings that we we took out of the Glen Hume project, uh, we will be able to plan a a exploration program, and uh, and then embark. On 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 an on a drilling program, probably to a lesser extent than what had to take place at Glen Hume, because there's more not, more old data that that is available for for Connemara, and um, we probably got an extra three months uh, on the Connemara project to to make the decision as to whether we exercise or not, and uh, if we again if we find something that we we believe is suitable and worth taking a, a chance on, then we, we would need to exercise that option at a price of $5 million. Um, and uh, then we could, we could take that forward. We've got, we've got pretty clear hurdles in our own minds as to, you know, we, we, we wouldn't get excited if we, if, we, if we did a resource definition and we found 100,000 ounces. That, that's not going to warrant putting time and effort into building a, a new operation. We would need something bigger than that. But we're not, we're not on those properties. I think, I think it would be it would be naive to think that we're we're looking for millions and millions of ounces. Those aren't the those aren't the sort of properties. So they're going to be smallish, um, but they still need to add value to Caledonia shareholders in terms of NPV and free cash flow for them to cut the mustard from our from our investment criteria. So so yeah, within the next 12 months, we have to have completed the exploration programs, completed the evaluations, and come to a decision as to whether we progress them, if they're worth progressing, or unfortunately, like um, like exploration properties that people hear about all the time, if it doesn't if it doesn't meet the mark, you shut it down and you walk away and you Find the next one. Exploration is high risk, um, and uh, you know there are more failures than there are successes. But uh, we 
we will do we will do professional evaluation and we'll tell the market what our conclusions are when when we have that info yeah um i've got a couple more questions um there's been numerous legislation changes by the zimbabwean government um directed at gold mining um how have they been impacting your operations I'm uh, I'm assuming what you're talking about is sort of the positive incentive programs that uh, government has put in place just recently. Yes, and, yes. and those incentive programs have been put in place to try and address the, the subject that I was talking about earlier about the lack of foreign currency and the fact that we have to sell a proportion, uh, and at the moment it's 40% of our dollar revenue streams, we have to sell back to the government for local currency. So we're left with 60% dollars. Now, the incentive schemes that uh, the, the, the authorities have put in place will, will enable blankets to access anything between 80% and 100% US dollar revenues on incremental volumes. Now, there are various structures to, to do that. Um, if, if you've got incremental volume, you can immediately move up to an 80% dollar retention on your incremental gold sales. There are two other mechanisms. Um, there is a new US dollar denominated uh, exchange, stock exchange that is being opened in a new economic zone at Victoria Falls. And the government is encouraging businesses that can list to list on that exchange. And if you list on that exchange, which is purely dollar denominated, not like the old Zimbabwe stock exchange, then you can access 100% uh, US dollar retention on your incremental proceeds. Now, the what it means is that if we got an extra, if we got 80% on our incremental volumes, then the overall package would mean that we would go from 60% US dollar, 40% Zimbabwe dollar on our revenue streams up to about 66, 67% because of our incremental. And remembering I'm saying we're going from 58,000 to somewhere between 61 and 67, and then up to 80,000. So we've got the incremental business coming forward. Again, good for blanket. So if we if we went just for the eighty percent revenue uh, retention on on incrementals, that would move us, as I say, from sixty percent dollar retention up to sixty six sixty seven percent. If we go, let's say, the Victoria uh, Stock Exchange uh, mechanism, which gives you a hundred percent, then we could get about seventy two percent U.S. dollar retention on the total revenue stream. Now that's that's becoming very attractive. <clears throat> and what it also allows us is to directly export our incremental gold volumes. Now at the moment we sell all of our gold to the national refinery and they export it all, they sell it, they get the money back and they pay us. The new mechanism is, is to encourage incremental production. Number one, we can do that. Number two, it gives you a higher dollar retention. We look forward to that. And number three, it allows you to become a gold exporter in your own right again, which enables us to build up a reputation with international refineries um, and, and create routes to market, which again, strategically is, is very important for us. 
So, so the authorities are, are, are making these structures available to the gold mining sector, but the, the 80% and the 100% is also available to other exporters. Uh, it's again, it's to generate interest in people becoming dollar revenue generators by improving and expanding their, their export businesses. What it does for gold is that additional thing of being allowed to export your gold yourself and opening up routes to market uh, and building reputations with, with uh, international refineries. And obviously, if you've exported a proportion of your own gold and you are collecting and selling, you're, you're selling it into the international market and collecting the dollars yourself, we would have a better opportunity to be able to raise international funding because lenders would then say, you've got control over the whole stream. If I lend you money, I can see that you've got the dollars outside of the country that you can pay me back. So it's definitely a move in the right direction by the authorities to recognize that if you want to attract foreign investors, you've got to make yourself as appealing as anybody, any other country and any other investor who is looking at South Africa or Zambia or Mali or, or Cote d'Ivoire, they, they have got the ability to attract outside dollars because the borrower can pay back to the lender. At the moment, there's a question mark. You don't, you don't control your dollars because you sell to the national refinery. He's got your money and he has to pay you back. Then your money's in Zimbabwe and only then can you consider paying us. That becomes too, too complicated a route for some investors, and they just say, mm -mm, too complicated. The authorities have recognized it, they've heard us, and now they're saying, sell your gold outside yourselves. If you produce more, generate your dollars, talk to your funders, get your get get bigger and better funding, and, and let's let's become part of the, the, the wider world. So I'm taking them as very positive steps. We are evaluating um, which ones we we will we will access, and we will access some or all of them. Primarily because Blanket is going to expand its gold production. So we would be we would be negligent if we didn't take all the hard work done on the the new shaft that's going to generate more gold production. And we didn't leverage that to the to the best. So we're excited about this this next stage. And these are available right now. So we are working on them right now, figuring out what all the modalities are. And um, you know, we we're ready to to get off to the races on this one. Yeah. Um, as a conclusion, I just want to give us a brief overview of um, the next twelve to eighteen months. Okay, so gee, last time I looked, we were in July, and uh, it's come, it's come frighteningly fast. Um, we we need to we need, we need to continue to protect ourselves from the pandemic. Um, we have we have we're isolated, fifteen kilometers out of Gwanda, but Zimbabwe has got limited resources to fight the pandemic. So vaccination programs are taking place. But um, there's a there's a there's a there's there's not the level of coverage and vaccination success that other other places have had. So we, firstly, we've got to continue to protect our people. 
which will therefore protect our business from, from the pandemic. We, we need to do the first step of the ramp up from 58,000 ounces to somewhere in the, the mid 60,000 ounces. That's the first step of, of mining more. Blanket has never produced gold at that level. So there are things that we've got to learn. Um, everything has got to be done uh, at best to best standards, very strict safety conditions. Um, but we've got new capacity. We can we can put in the the right systems and the right mining plan to 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 mine more gold. So first stage is we've got to get to that sort of mid sixty thousand ounce gold production this year safely. Critical. We've got to get the solar farm bedded down, which there'll be announcements about that. Um, then we need to, we actually need to hit the mining and uh, and processing rate to achieve 80,000 ounces. We need to hit that rate towards the back end of this year. So we can't only start thinking about it in January or February, you know, because we we need to be doing the the 2200 2300 tons a day um on a consistent basis for the 12 months otherwise that 80000 ounce target is going to be hard so we're pushing ourselves hard to get to that level uh before the end of the year and those announcements will come out in our normal quarterly reporting uh, the mdnas and and things like that so we are we are We've had we've had the end of our second quarter. We'll be putting out a production update quite soon to to tell the market how successful the second quarter was. We didn't have a great first quarter to by our own standards. So we'll be announcing how the second quarter has gone. Um, and then and then we've got more dividend announcements that come out every quarter. We pay a we pay a, a dividend every quarter. So there'll be another one coming out actually any day now, any day, early July, payable at the end of July. Um, and, and then it's, it's, it's going to be uh, um, announcements around the exploration programs and potentially any new exploration programs that we identify because we, we continue to look for other opportunities. We, we've always had a, a package, a target, a target package that, uh, that we are interested in Zimbabwe. Some have some are more complicated from an ownership structure, so they've taken us longer to to kind of unbundle. Um, so hopefully we can we can actually progress some of those, which we will then be able to announce to the market and continue to demonstrate our commitment to uh, building our portfolio and moving away from just a single a single asset. So yeah, so for us, it's build production, con control your costs. Maintain your safety levels uh, without debate. Uh, manage that foreign currency risk. Uh, get cash um, into the right hands and the right places. Pay the Caledonia dividend, um, and and then ramp up that production to get to the eighty thousand ounce, and uh, you know sustain that while we are building a pipeline of new exploration uh, uh, opportunities. So. Yeah, we're, we're, we're in and running in July. December will be with us before we can blink. And, um, you know, it's, it's going to be as busy a year as we've ever had. And, uh, you know, you, you can never take your eye off the ball with this 
dreaded pandemic hanging over you all the time. And, um, yeah, we're having to be very, very careful. Um, but uh, so far, so good. And, uh, you know, long may that last. Yeah. Really appreciate your time, Stephen, giving us an overview and update on uh, Caledonian Mining. Um, there's certainly a lot of challenges ahead. It seems you've got everything under control, so which, which is good. Um, if our audience wants to reach out to you, they've got any questions um, about, obviously, Caledonian mining or even uh, mining in Zimbabwe, how can they go about doing that? Are you on any social media platforms? Yeah, well, we've got, a, we've got an email address, info at caledoniamining.com. Uh, which will, which, which is the bucket that collects, uh, you know, any any general requests without targeting an individual. Uh, that 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 will always get answered. We we do use Twitter, so we tweet um, and we disseminate information that way. <clears throat> we um, we uh, people know where we are because you know really we're a single we're a single operation. Uh, we 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 listed. We don't try and hide. You can't hide. Um, so yeah, uh, please use the use the either the the Twitter or the or the info at caledoniamining.com, and um, we'll we'll happily try and answer questions uh, to the best of our ability. Yeah, we'll include those in the show notes accompanying this podcast. So people want to reach out to you, um, they they have that in the in the show notes. Um, really appreciate your time, Steve. Hope the audience uh, has enjoyed this episode, learning a little bit more about mining in Zimbabwe, and especially with uh, Caledonian mining and what they've, what they've achieved today and what they're looking to do in the future. Um, so appreciate if you can uh, share this episode with friends, family, other people in the mining industry um, so, they, so they get the benefit of listening to, um, to what Steve has has said about mining in Zimbabwe um, and especially with uh, New Ca- sorry Caledonia mining. Um, so appreciate you for listening. Um, keep sharing and liking this podcast. Um, we want to get this uh, podcast and in particular this episode out to everywhere around the world. So appreciate your continued support. So until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.